Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for the podcast powered by Coffee and Mountain Dew. The Morning Five with Bryce Sparling and Billy Lindahl. Good morning, West Georgia. Welcome in the Morning Five podcast. Today is Wednesday, July 13th. And today's podcast, as always, is brought to you by the Parian Lawyers. Nobody wakes up thinking, man, I hope I hire a lawyer today. But hey, life happens. Don't call one of those big law firms with overused slogans and thousands of billboards. We have a top-notch law firm right here in West Georgia. The Parian Lawyers with offices in Carrollton and Bremen. Personal injury, workman's comp, and everything in between. Find them at callcadenow.com. That's C-A-L-L-C-A-D-E-N-O-W.com. Local lawyers, catchy slogans, a few billboards, big results. Billy, National French Friday today? Yes, sir. National National Beans and Franks Day today. So, with the French fry thing, there's a couple things I've got to ask. Okay, go for it. Um, Let's dissect the French Friday. Is there any particular seasoning that you have to put on French fries? Like, is it just salt for you? You know, is it something else? I like season all salt. Uh, you I can do. put some old, old Bay on there. You know, I can right. do that. I can do um, slap your mama sauce. Throw a little of that on there. Um, yeah, but it has to be, it has to be very, very spicy. I like a, uh, I don't know, a very sodium filled French fry, if you will. Uh, yes, but I have to have, I have to have something on there. I don't want just basic salt. I'll take it if that is what a restaurant delivers to me. But if I'm doing it at home, yeah, I want some Old Bay, or I want some seasonal salt, or I want some slap your mama sauce on there, or I want some. Uh, What's the uh, what's the Zatarans, the Cajun seasoning stuff? Yeah, yeah. You know, they'll sprinkle some of that on there. So, yeah, I got to have some seasoning in my French fry. Is there, like, for me, I love me some chili cheese fries. Are you down with that? I'm not a huge fan of chili cheese fries. I can, I'll, I'll eat them, um, but I'm not a huge, I kind of just like a normal fry. Just a little, little seasoning on top and just dip it in ketchup, maybe if they have it. I'm not a huge chili cheese fry fan, but I definitely will eat some chili cheese fries if they're there. Won't go out of my way to get them, but I'll eat them if they're there. Okay. What is your What's your favorite uh, fast food French fry? Who makes the best fast food French fries for you? Yeah, I was going to ask that to you, but you don't eat fast food very much. Um, right now, it would have to be Wendy's. Oh, man, I haven't had Wendy's fries in years. I don't even remember what they taste like. I remember them being very salty and very crisp and crunchy. But they've gotten I, they've gotten into like the the actual like. There's moments where when you're eating Wendy's fries, that you'll see like the peel of the potato, which I, I love, love that. Hundred percent down with that. Yes, absolutely love that. No, if I if I had to choose one fast food fry, it would definitely be Checkers fries. I love Checkers fries. The seasoning and the way they cook them and everything, how crispy they are. Those yeah. are... I Now, I haven't had Checkers fries since I was in high school, but I love Checkers fries. Those are the best to me. Okay. And Franks and Beans, man. That's a that's a nice little pick-me-up meal. That's a nice little quick meal you have during, during lunch. You crack that tin open and uh, you just scoop it out. I get... Everybody makes fun of me because, you know, the Franks and Beans, they come in like a can... Same as like SpaghettiOs, and I don't warm any of that stuff up. I just crack the tin open and start spooning it out of the can just at room temperature. So, uh, 
Everybody worked, makes fun of me for that. I worked with a lady a long time ago who used to get a can of Beanie Weenies and um, and a packet of crackers, and that was her lunch. Like she would scoop a little bit onto the cracker and eat the eat the cracker with that the Beanie. Sounds good. I've never tried that. Yeah. What kind of cracker? A saltine. Yeah, like a saltine. Okay, I'm down with that. I need to try that. I haven't tried that. Yeah, I like that. Billy, last night we got some good news. Braves beat the Mets 4-1. to Matt Olson and Adam Duvall both with two-run bombs. Uh, Spencer Strider went four and two-thirds in the inning. One earned run, eight Ks. The only reason he came out there in the fifth inning was, I mean, he, that pitch count was up there, dude. It was like 102, 103. He pitched well. The Braves played pretty well. Uh, coming away with a 4-1 win after dropping the first game uh, two nights ago against the Mets is a great way to fight back. And now we have a chance tonight, Billy, to cut the deficit even more and get within a half game of the Mets. It, today, it's businessman special today. It's a 12 Oh, that's right. That's right. 12-20 start. So, yeah, um, if we can get to within the half game, that would be amazing right now. And then start a, it's like a four-game series starting with the Nationals tomorrow. Yep. Right? Yep. Sure is. Yep. And that, that closes out the first half of the season for us uh, with the Nationals. What impresses me most about this Mets team, and I really enjoyed watching Spencer Strider go through their lineup last night, was their approach at the plate. They don't swing and miss, and they don't swing at many balls outside of the zone. And the fact that Spencer Strider was able to get eight strikeouts in four and two-thirds innings it just goes to show how special this kid is. But that was one of the more enjoyable games I think I've seen the Braves play all year. Yeah, the Mets are a very, very talented team, as much as I hate to say that. Um, they do not. Uh, they're very patient at the plate, which makes for pitchers to... When, they, when you're patient at the plate, pitchers will make mistakes because they'll... They'll nibble and nibble and nibble on the outside corner or on the inside corner and then to finally throw a strike and then the Mets are just going to crush that. And that's that's what makes it so frustrating. The Braves are very much the same way. Um, and I think the Mets are finally starting to to do what the Braves have been doing for, for the past few years. So it and I'll sucks. be I'll be interested to see today when the umpire scorecard comes out because the guy behind the plate yesterday Horrible. was pretty terrible. That was one of the worst umpiring jobs I think I've seen in, in quite some time. The, the strike zone was just super inconsistent. If you're going to call him inside, that's fine. Call him inside the whole night, high, low, outside, et cetera, et cetera. You know, wherever your strike zone is, that's fine. That's your strike zone. Just be consistent with it. And I feel like that umpire behind the plate last night, I don't remember who it was, but he was he was quite inconsistent with a lot of his ball strike calls. He kind of reminded me of the uh, umpires from this weekend. But <laughs> yeah, it reminded me of the umpire in the ninety. Oh, what year was it? Well, when we played the Marlins in the NLCS, what year uh, was that? Ninety? Was, it, was that late nineties, early two thousands? Ninety seven. Yeah, I don't even remember that guy's name. Oh god, that was, that was so that bad. Was miserable. That was awful. Uh, since dropping their first two games at Wrigley, the Braves are 16 and seven, outscoring their opponents 110 to 78. That's a 30. That's a plus 32 run differential there. Since June 1st, Atlanta is 30 and nine, and opposing starters are just four and 21, with a 5.70 ERA. Opposing pitchers have given up 127 earned runs, 
and 203rd innings pitched against the Braves. And the Braves are now 42-10 and 10 this season when scoring four or more runs and 30-9 and nine when hitting two or more home runs. So if we get four or more Hit, uh, four or more runs in a game and hit two or more home runs, we are sitting pretty. This team has a lot to cheer for, finish, finishing up the first half and then going into the second half of the season. Yeah, and what a difference, you know, two months makes. Um, because let's go back before June 1st uh, in that Arizona series. I think you and I were kind of really down on this team. I mean, it was... There was no heart. There was no, you know, we weren't showing any kind of consistency at the plate or at, at, on the mound. And two months later, we're just, I mean, it's completely different. And it was really baffling how bad this team was early on in the season. And we couldn't figure out why, because this is a an amazingly talented team. And we, they're showing it now. They're showing it what they're capable of. But yeah, early on in the season, they were not playing well. And we couldn't figure out why it was happening. All right, Bryce, let's get to Atlanta United versus Real Salt Lake tonight. Um, yeah, they, here's they the thing. And, and I'll, I'll ask this question, Bryce. Is is the effort going to be there tonight? Did did Joseph's rant fall on deaf ears? I, man, I, I hope not, but I think it I think it's going to. You might see one or two players out there that try a little bit harder than they did this weekend against Austin FC. But something is going on with this team. There's something in the locker room that I think is some type of, for lack of a better term, some type of cancer that's growing in that locker room. And Joseph said it in the post, post-conference against uh, after we lost to Austin FC. He said these guys are playing for the, the name on the back of their jersey and not the name on the front. The FO, the front office, is buying these players as investments and selling them to Europe. They don't really care if they fit into the system that Gonzalo Pineda is trying to run. They don't really care if the chemistry works with the rest of the team that's there. The front office is buying these players and just seeing them as an investment. And then once they've played a year or two in Atlanta, then they can sell them on to Europe. They're, they're creating a pipeline from South America through Atlanta into Europe for selling off talented players. And I mean, right now, the front office has no incentive to try to fix this because they don't care if we win or lose. They're making money hand over fist. I mean, that was one of the worst performances I think I've ever seen in the bins on Saturday. And we had 60 something thousand people pack out the stadium. I mean, they're making money hand over fist. They're selling these players off that they get from South America. So, you know, I hope the effort is there. But I'm not sure how many of these starters that are in the lineup actually love and want to be in Atlanta like Joseph does. I think a lot of these people just see Atlanta United as a stepping stone to their career, and that sucks. That, that's not what you want in, in a team, and that's that's no way to build a winning squad either. Gonzalo Pineda came out uh, and kind of echoed uh, Joseph's sentiments this, this week. Uh Will Pineda try something different? Because right now, nothing is working. So, you know, let's shake up the lineup. Let's do something different um, tonight. Yeah, I hope um, so, man. Give some of these Atlanta 92 guys a chance. I don't know. Have five attackers up there. I, I don't know. Do something different because whatever we're doing right now is not working. Uh, who's going to be in goal tonight? Rios Novo or Gudinho? I'm going to go with Gudinho, man. I want to see this six foot five South American giant there in goal. This dude 
from what I have read and heard, was really good down in South America and has been impressing in training. So I'd love to see him in goal and see what he's got. Yeah, I think I think that's uh, a key tonight. Uh, and and let's see the team play with some heart because right now they're not playing with any heart. Uh, hopefully we can we can pull away with three points tonight and then move on um, because that's it's definitely needed for the rest of the season. We need to. We're still not terrible out of or terribly far outside of the playoff mark, but we don't need to keep falling back and back and back right now like we have been. Got to get something going. It's like uh, it's like my wife says to her, her kids at school, you got to TRY try. So get get up there, put your best foot forward. I mean, right now we're only five points outside of the, the playoffs, and that's that's two wins. So it, it's not it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility that we can go on a run here, get into the playoffs, and possibly even get a home game. But, I, I mean, something's going to have to change, and it's going to have to change quick. All right, Bryce, you've got the uh, Philadelphia Eagles tonight uh, or today for the preview. What you got? Yeah, E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Uh, the Eagles come into the 2022 season with renewed optimism in their team, head coach, and their quarterback. The Eagles finished last season 6-2 and two and somehow sneaked into a wild-card playoff game. Uh, they finished 6-2 and two after, I think, starting like 1-5 and five or something like that. It was a disappointing start. They ended the game, or they ended the season well and on a positive note. This is a make or break season for the Eagles' young quarterback, Jalen Hurts, despite a low accuracy rating of 61.3% and not being able to control games late. Hurts only threw nine picks to his 26 all purpose touchdowns. If he can't improve, Philly may look to make a move on from him next year as they have two first round draft picks in the 2023 draft. Jalen Hurts will have a couple of targets to choose from this year in Devonta Smith and newly acquired A.J. Brown, who they got from the Tennessee Titans. Outside of those two pass catchers, the cupboard is quite bare. Quez Walker, Dallas Goddard, and Jalen Rager, who Jalen Rager really never stepped up to what I thought he could be. All three of those players will try and support those two pass catchers. Uh, we'll, we'll see what they do behind Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown. Dallas Goddard is hit or miss and Jalen Rager is like a uh oh who was the who was the boomer bust wide receiver uh that played for Philadelphia like six years ago Jack uh Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson. Jackson yeah he Jalen Rager's a lot like him to a lesser degree but Rager either has you know 80 yards receiving three touchdowns in a game or he doesn't catch a single pass in the run game Miles Sanders when healthy can provide a nice option in the backfield for the Eagles especially paired with the leg of Jalen Hurts. One of Jalen Hurts' biggest uh, weapons is his mobility and his legs. I'm excited to see what a healthy Miles Sanders and a little bit more mature Jalen Hurts can do back there in the backfield and, and tandem and move that pocket around. I think it's going to be interesting how they run the offense this year in Philly. Luckily for the Eagles, it gets even worse when we go on the defensive side of the ball. Whereas I guess we say unlucky, but lucky for me because I'm a Cowboys fan. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles last year, uh, they were last in sacks per game, which contributed greatly to their 28 passing touchdowns surrendered and a league worst 69.4% completion rating against. The Good Eagles Lord. are bang yeah, bad, <laughs> bad, bad, bad. The Eagles are banking on $45 million man Hassan Reddick to help that help in that category. 
Uh, Reddick racked up 23 and a half sacks last year or the past two years, one in Carolina and one in Arizona. Fletcher Cox was re-signed in the offseason, who still can contribute, uh, not on a play-to-play play play basis, but probably a third down back or situational um, uh, lineman. Uh, veteran tackle Javon Hargrave is still there and will add some stability in the middle. And new physical freak Jordan Davis also looks to provide some production to get this defense off out of the cellar. Uh, they need quite a lot of deep defensive help. I think Jordan Davis will be able to provide that. The Eagles right now are 16th in the preseason power rankings. They have the third easiest schedule in the NFL. And I predict they will go 10-7 and seven in the NFC. And I think they're going to finish second in the NFC East. And I really think they're going to compete for a wild card spot again. I have a lot of faith in Jalen Hurts. I really like that young guy. Well, I think uh, Carter is is a heck of a player, man. Or Jordan Davis, sorry. Jordan, Jordan Davis. Davis is, yeah. Dear Lord, man. And from he, what I have heard, he has lost like 20 to 25 pounds of fat in camp and everything in, in between the end of college football season and right now. Apparently, he has, he has trimmed down, and it's just been all fat. All right. Let's get to the Marine South School Board. Uh, yesterday... Lester, yesterday in the NL East, the Pirates beat the Marlins 3-2 at a boy Pirates. Mariners and Nationals were postponed. And then the Jays beat the Phillies. So that's all good news. Like All, all NL East teams losing. Uh, in the NBA last night, the Hawks beat the Heat 95-88. to So that's also good news. Um that's a heck of a lot better than they had been playing. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A.J. Griffin got a little knock yesterday, day-to-day at the moment. I believe it's his foot. So it doesn't really matter. We're not going to see him in the regular season anyways because Nate McMillan hates rookies. So it is what it is. Hope he gets healthy, though. like to see him play a little bit in the summer league, a little bit more. All right. Uh, the Stumpet Games and Events calendar for tonight. The NL East the Mariners at the Nationals at 12.05. I'm assuming there will probably be a doubleheader today with the 12.05 game and then probably another one since yesterday was postponed. But I don't know as of yet. Uh, yeah, that- what, either one of those teams has to go on a West Coast road trip after after this after this game. That would I, I would think that'd be the only way they wouldn't do that is if one of those... Or uh, if the if the Nationals have to go on a West Coast road trip, I don't know. I, uh, Mets. Well, the Nationals are at home against the Braves. Oh, that's right. That's right. So yeah, that would make sense. What's the uh, what's the Mariners' schedule look like? So yeah, Nationals are definitely down. Uh, I mean, Mariners have to go. Oh, they did. They did just reschedule it. Actually, now so twelve oh five and six oh five today for okay. the for the Mariners and Nationals. Yep. Are those still seven-inning games? Are we still doing that, doubleheaders in I don't baseball? remember. I don't, I don't either. Remember, man. I feel like that's changed like 10 times in the past couple of years. Uh, Mets at Braves at 12.20 today. Pirates at Marlins at 6.40. And Phillies at Blue Jays at 7.07. Uh, also tonight in the MLS, Real Salt Lake at Atlanta United at 7.30. So you'll be able to watch the Braves and the Mets at at twelve twenty, and then be able to watch Atlanta United tonight at seven thirty. Since we're not having to swap back and forth between uh, channels, you gotta get a win tonight. You gotta get a win tonight if you're Atlanta United. Gotta get yep. three. 
You got to get three. Billy, you want another cup of coffee, man? Dude, I need one. Let's go. Let's do another cup of coffee brought to you by Realtor Hannah Strawn with Robert Goolsby Real Estate Group. Remember, if you need to buy or sell your home, give Hannah a call. Check out our Facebook page for all of her information. Uh, she is the number one Realtor in the West Georgia area. New Orleans, Pelicans, draft pick EJ Liddell suffered a torn ACL in the right knee yesterday out indefinitely. That sucks. I really looked. I was really looking forward to seeing EJ Liddell play alongside Zion Williamson down in New Orleans. Well, not this year. <laughs> yeah, so. that's that sucks for former Buckeye man. I, I hate to see that. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau's Bridgestone sponsorship relationship halted amid amid his involvement in the Saudi-backed LIV golf tour. This isn't the first golfer we've seen lose some sponsors because of going over to the LIV golf tour, and I don't believe it'll be the last we see either. So we, we know where Bridgestone stands. It seems, I don't know. I, I guess we'll see where this all shakes out. That just seems odd. Seems, I, I don't know. That's, that's a whole different rant for a different day, I suppose. But yeah, Bryson DeChambeau loses his Bridgestone sponsorship. Which sucks for Bryson. I mean, there's... Mm-hmm. Oh. But hopefully the you know the bonus or the guaranteed money that he's making from the LIV will help make up for that lost sponsorship. I would assume it would. I would assume it would. And Tiger had a couple comments about players going yeah, to did. the LIV tour. Uh, and yeah, here's here's Tiger's opinion on the players going to the LIV tour. This was taken uh, out at the old course this weekend where the Open's happening. I disagree with it. I think that. What they've done is they've, they've turned our, their back on what has allowed them to get to this position. Some players have never got a chance to even experience it. Uh, they've they've gone right from the amateur ranks right into you know that organization and never really got a chance to to play out here and, and what it feels like to play a tour schedule or, or to play in some big events. And you know who knows what what's going to happen in the near future with world ranking points criteria for entering major championships um the 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 governing bodies gonna have to figure that out some of these players may may not ever get a chance to play major championships and that is a possibility uh we don't know that for sure yet it's up to the all the major championship bodies to make that determination but that is a possibility um, some players will never ever get a chance to play in a major championship never get a chance to experience this right here Walk down the fairways at Augusta National. That to me, I, I just don't. I just to me, I just don't understand it. I mean, those are pretty pointed comments. I mean, Tiger doesn't mince words there. He do, he doesn't, you know, for for lack of better terms, I believe Tiger is saying the decision to leave the PGA Tour and go to the LIV Tour was a stupid decision uh, and one that he doesn't agree with. So, uh, you know, I mean, it, it, I think that kind of went without saying when you heard that Tiger was offered $900 million to go over and play in the LIV tour. And Tiger told him, no, I mean, that's almost, they almost offered him a billion dollars. I know Tiger has made a lot of money in his career, but he, I don't know if he's made a billion dollars off of golf. So them offering that and him turning it down, I, I think we know where his loyalties stand. Yeah, there's no doubt. And it's the comments were a little bit, just, they're a little bit surprising to an extent only because, you know, he did make some points in there today or yesterday about um, how ma- majors may start s- 
saying, no, you're not going to be allowed to come back. Um, because if the live tour isn't going to be a part of the official golf world rankings, um, your rankings are dependent on, or some of the majors are dependent on your, your world golf rankings. So if you're not up there anymore, you're not going to the majors. So it's, there's a lot of things at play right now. And it's, it's interesting to see what's going on. That's the big, that's the big part here. That's the big thing that's going to happen is the majors. Uh, you knew when you went over to the LIV Tour, you wouldn't be able to play in the normal PGA Tour events, but the majors are not controlled by the PGA Tour event other than the PGA Championship. That's the only one that is. Um, Augusta, the USA champ, the US Championship, and the Open are controlled by individual controlling parties. So if those three majors are going to blacklist LIV Tour players and not let, not let them play, I think that is a massive blow to the uh, LIV tour because I think that was one of their one saving grace is you could come over here and play in this Mickey Mouse clown league, but you could also go back to the majors and play in those things. So that'll be interesting to see how the cookie crumbles essentially over the next couple of months, because this will be something that needs to be decided rather quickly on if they can play the majors or not, or if these majors will let them play. Okay, Bruce. Yeah, uh, former former Pittsburgh Steeler running back Le'Veon Bell, Billy, <laughs> says he is shifting his focus to boxing and won't play in the NFL this season. What? Okay, okay, Le'Veon. <laughs> Whatever. I, I wish I could have wrote him back. To be fair, Le'Veon, you haven't really played in the NFL since 2019. You might have been yeah. in the NFL and ran the ball a couple times. Uh, so yeah, Le'Veon Bell fully in on the boxing career now. Something I did not see happening in 2022. Can we see? I'm uh, getting the FL, please. Well, he's boxing. When is the Adrian Peterson? He's boxing Adrian Peterson soon. Uh, Le'Veon Bell versus Adrian Peterson. Uh, he's. Let's see. When is this? July. July 30th in 17 days. So he wow. is. And, yeah, and I'm assuming it's going to be an amateur boxing match. I don't, I don't see the information right here in this article I'm looking at now, but I'm assuming this is going to be an interesting, interesting matchup, and it is going to be an amateur boxing match. I assume. But yeah, he's boxing Le'Veon or Le'Veon Bell is boxing, boxing, boxing Adrian Peterson later this month. 17 days actually. Okay, I'll, I'll be tuning in for that. Yeah. And Billy, today in 1930, the first ever football World Cup competition begins in Uruguay. Uh, it's kind of cool because this year we also have the World Cup happening in Qatar in a couple months. So, but today in 1930, first ever football World Cup competition begu- begins in Uruguay. That kind of turned into something rather large, I would say. A little bit, a little bit, just a bit, just a bit. Bill, you got anything else to add today before we get out of here, man? No, let's let's go Braves. Let's get win the series and move on to the Nationals, and hopefully uh, can put the Nationals away, and then really, really put some uh, deficit into this uh, this Mets lead, and hopefully take over the NL East before the All Star break. Do you know who the Mets have after this season or after this series? I mean, do you know who the Cubs, they're saddled with? They up in Wrigley, or they yeah, they're up in they're up in Chicago. All right, so. Yeah, let's go Braves. Let's go Atlanta United. Need to get a win tonight. Uh, Gotta get a win, man. Gotta get a win at home. 
But for Billy Lindahl, I am Bryce Parling. We will see y'all tomorrow. Same time, same place. Shake your neighbor! Just shake!